0: Anyway, fall's approaching again, and I get that itch again, that gypsy in me, and I'm thinking of San Francisco and my little visit there, and I said to myself, you know, I think I'll go try Frisco. I got all this extra flash from drawing so much flash back from from California, and I, I have plenty of flash. At this point in time, copy machines didn't exist yet. So you couldn't just copy flash. You had to draw it. And that took time. But here I am with plenty in my hand. I said, I'm going to go to Frisco. I said to my front man monthly, come on, we'll take a little ride. We'll get an airplane. We'll go look over Frisco. And maybe we'll open a shop there and sit the winter out. In San Francisco. So me and Muggsy arrive in San Francisco. And I go to rent a car. I have a couple of trunks. Full of tattoo gear with sterilizers and everything now. And and a couple of suitcases with clothes. So I want to rent a car. And the car company wants, wants credit cards. Now up to this point in my life. There was no such thing as credit cards. I didn't even know what the hell they're talking about. I'm not dealing with banks like I said previously. I have no idea what's going on. I say to the people, what is this car worth? It's a little car, big brand new cars of only $3,000. Yeah, Here, hold $3,000 and give me the car. No, they can't do that without a credit card and without this and that. I said, Jesus, Christ, the world's changing on me. Anyway, after negotiating for a while and getting somebody with a little authority and checking phone numbers that I've had in Philadelphia, the same phone number for so long, they realize that I'm a reliable person and they'll take my cash and hold it and rent me the car. So not familiar with San Francisco, we ask directions, the Fisherman's Wharf, and we end up on a big street called Broadway. <laughs> Boy, I want a street. It was full of strip joints. I don't mean little clubs. I mean great big gigantic clubs with great big signs at the cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Big Al's Place and a, and a big poster there with a guy with a machine gun. Like a Chicago mob step and blowing smoke, smoking a cigar, and smoke coming out of the sign. Jesus, what joints! One after another, after another. Bright lights. Walkers out in the street, trying to get you to come into their club. Two, okay. three blocks long, just nothing but strip joints. Wow. This is a great street. Sailors walking up and down. Back street. <laughs> So we find a hotel nearby. We, we get a room for the night. In the morning, we start out. Let's go look for some something to rent around this street there, this Broadway. Now, it turns out that Broadway is right in the heart of everything. Just a few blocks one way to Chinatown, a few blocks in another direction, here at Fisherman's War. So we're touring up and down the street. We find a place on one of the side streets right off of Broadway, a street called Kearney. K E R N N I E, I believe. Anyway, two, three doors off the off the main track of Broadway on Kearney. There's this little store little sign for rent second floor building. So we call the number. The landlord comes down. We tell them what we want it for and everything. And they, they take us upstairs and show us what it is. It's an apartment. But it's commercial. It's owned. So you can open a store there. Upstairs is an apartment. Got a kitchen. A bathroom. Two bedrooms. And a living room. I said, this will be fine. This will be great. The living room was up in the front. The window's faced out on where all these strip joints are. I said, "We'll put the tattoo shop right here, and we can look out the window and see the action." We each had a bedroom. That was great. There was a kitchen. We could cook for ourselves, and there was a nice bathroom. I picked, I said, "I don't remember what the rent was." wasn't all that bad. I'll say three, four hundred. I don't know. I don't remember, but. I said, "This is good. This will be perfect. So we'll take it." It didn't take us long to sweep up, hang up the flash, set up the, the the tattoo gear. We put a sign. We got a sign painter. We got a a guy to get me a neon sign. Put it in the window upstairs. Nice neon sign saying "Tattoo," and we were open. Now, Lyle Tuttle, he was the only tattooer in in San Francisco at that time. And he was way across town, on the other side of town. But I'd see Lyle Tuttle looking out the window. I'd see him down, down on Broadway in a little coffee shop, luncheonette-type joint. He would be sitting outside at a table, having a drink or coffee or something, (coughs) just seeing what was going on. What the fuck's happening to his town? Me and Muggsy had a great time in San Francisco. We never made any money, really. The shop seemed to do about 300 a week, every week. There was no money. One day, the health inspector comes by. <coughs> he inspects the places. Everything seems to be fine and in order. Except, he says, you only have one bathroom. He said, you have to have two bathrooms. One for men and one for women. I said, well, I've never heard of that. That sounds a little ridiculous. But if that's what I have to do, that's what I have to do. Now I have to find a plumber. Plumbers are very expensive. I'm in a town where I know nobody, know nothing. So I get a plumber. <clears throat> he's got to run new lines. He's got he's to build a little room. He's got to do a lot of shit. And it ends up costing me a few thousand dollars to have another fucking bathroom put in. I get it done. I call back the number that the health man left me to tell him I have my other bathroom. And they said they'll send somebody out to check it out. Here comes a different health inspector. He inspects the place all over again, starting from scratch. He said, Everything seems fine. He says, I noticed you have two bathrooms. That's nice. But you didn't need them. I said, Yeah, right. It's a wonderful fucking world I live in. Yeah. Me and Muggsy found a great place just a short distance away where we could get a great breakfast, very reasonable. A little Oriental woman had a bunch in that made plate bacon and eggs. And in the afternoon, we'd hit these strip joints. They weren't busy in the afternoon. We got to know many of the girls on the street. And they all the parkers outside trying to hustle people in. Muggsy would stand outside at night trying to park people. They would try and get the sailors to come. Come down off the main track, down this little street. Upstairs to a tattoo shop. It was just a little too much. Upstairs on a side street just wasn't good. The location was okay, but not good. It would take a lot of building to build this place up. But we were having a good time. Luffy used to be in Philadelphia. He was one of the mamas. The mamas are a group. Many groups of string bands, they have the Mama's Parade for New Year's, and they dance a strut called the Mama's Strut, and Muzzy would dance this Mama's Strut up and down the street. He was quite a character. He'd take off his shirt, he'd get a girl on each arm, and he'd start dancing this strut right down the middle of the street, attracting a lot of attention. He'd track, like, you know, Peter and Piper, they would have people following him. He would get near the tattoo shop and start barking. We got sex upstairs. We got animal sex. We got all sex. We got insects. And Muggsy was trying to get the sailors to come upstairs. they would get a few. We would do all right, but never more than three, four hundred dollars a week. So we, we sat it out for a while. One morning, I get up very early. I look for Muggsy. He's not around. I find a note on the kitchen in the kitchen (coughs) that he went around the corner to such and such a club. He knew the girl in there, and he would be in there having a drink, come and get him when I get up. So around the corner, I go. (coughs) I bound on the door. A little girl comes, opens the door.
1: She says, hi, right,
0: Eddie. I said, Muggsy, in here? She says, yeah, come on in. I go to the bar. They make me a drink. I'm sitting there, and out on the stage comes Muggsy, all fucking naked. He's dancing. This mama's strutting. He's fucking balls-ass naked. He's singing. He's got a drink in both hands. The girls are laughing. They're dancing on the stage with Muggsy. He said, look at this fucking school ball. And one day I get a phone call from Big Walt back in Philadelphia. <coughs> you remember <coughs> Big Walt was one of the neighborhood characters that wanted to learn the tattoo. He was a machinist, a big Polar kid. He was wanted to learn the tattoo, but Nobody was interested in teaching him. But anyway, he calls. He says he's down the shop. He says, Fat Billy is here. He says, but Tommy and Joey didn't show up. He says, there's a lot of sailors around. He'd like to learn this tattooing. And <clears throat> what could he do? And I said, listen. There's a couple of machines, I told them where they were, in my bedroom. I said, you go to that bench where I sit, But there's that little slop sink. I said, and you sit there, everything is there that you need. You've been hanging around and watching a while. Get Fat Billy to help you. And you start that doing little small designs. <laughs> and you'll learn the tattoo." But it seemed Tommy and Joey did it. They didn't want him to tattoo. In the next few days, Walter would call me up and said the machines don't work. And He stepped on a pedal and he says, it seems to go and it stops. And I told him to look for this wire. And he says, oh, he said, I see the wire is broke. Tommy and Jojo, they were cutting the wires on the machine. They were doing everything they could to the sabotage for up So he couldn't sit into their chairs. So that's what was going on in Philadelphia. Now I was trying to get Jojo or Tommy to come out to San Francisco for a while. I told him you ain't going to make much money, but you'll have a lot of fun here. And come out and sit here for a few weeks, give me a chance to get out of here, get back to Philly and check on my stuff there. But neither one of them wanted to come. So uh, I'm sitting there one day, and who should walk in but Howie, Taylor Barney's son Howie. I said, hey Howie, what are you doing here? He says, Oh, he just came out to California. Let's spend the winter and see if we could find a job. I said, You found one. So I show Howie around, show him where everything is. I say you stay here for a week, Allie. Me and Muggs are going to take a bus ride. We're going to go to Reno. They had one of them package deals. You know, you get your money back when you get to Reno, and you get a, a free meal and free every goddamn thing. So that's what we did. Coming back from Reno, me and Muggsy discussed going back to Philly and leaving Howie there, which seemed like a good idea at the time. So when we get back, we tell Howie, we're going to leave you in charge here, Howie. And I showed him how to, how to pay the electric bill and where to send the money for the rent. I said, just save up out of my share and, and pay the rent and the electric. Keep whatever else you make. because it ain't very busy, but you got a free place here to live. And you're going to have fun here, Howie. They're girls all over the place over here. You're going to have a great time. And off me and Muggs go back to Philadelphia.